My goodness, I hate it when pilots do that. Don't you? Just <laughs> hate it when, when, when pilots act like they're chewing the damn microphone on a plane where they're making announcements, but you can't hear anything. Yeah, I chose that as my intro to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hear Me Out. It's Daniel O'Mara on RX Radio. And right now, we're about to go into some craziness. If you look to your left, you'll notice the people who are easily offended may catch fire by the views and opinions on this show, but it's for your own good. Because if you're not going to get offended in this world, then what are you doing here? My goodness, I feel so good having you guys listening in. Always a pleasure for all those of you who are tuned in live. No protection. And for those of you who would like to tune in, you know, listen in, please download the app because I've had experiences of people either recording or downloading the episodes of the show, taking about 10 seconds and putting it out of context, pretty much like Andrew Tate's videos. We don't want that around here. No, please. So download the app from Play Store for you Androids and uh, App Store for the Apples. <laughs> I don't know why those groups don't see eye to eye, but... Mm-hmm. Those are yours. Anyway, it's nice to have you on the show. It's always a pleasure. A lot has happened this week and uh, not just this week. The last two weeks have just been total utter chaos in life in general. There's the oil drama. Uh, there's the decline in grammar quality because we are mourning the Queen's death. So you're allowed to have bad English for like the next month or so. And then there's just the general politics. The country as it is. Being a Ugandan is an extreme sport. And people have been DMing me about the oil scandal. Like, talk about the oil thing. Talk about it. Mention it, man. You need to say something about it. Uh, here's the thing. I don't know enough to comment on something like that. Yet. I can't formulate an opinion out of ignorance. So, I don't know enough about it yet. And reason number two is, I don't know enough about it yet. Because, guys, I, I also get tired of getting depressed by the news. Eh? I, I love you people. I understand my job is to entertain you, but there are times listening to Ugandan news just... Mm -mm. <sighs> it drains the energy, man. I think it's the reason I have low spam count. It has nothing to do with what they're putting in the food. It's just the news in Uganda. It gets depressing. It gets... Oh my goodness. It sucks the energy out of you from all the wrong parts. Like, I can't right now until I am set to review it properly. I need someone like Tony Otoa on this. Comrade Otoa. The hardest hard guy. Because people with opinions on the matter. So I can just sit with them, ask the right questions, and get the answers. And I can promise you that as we go deeper into the show. But for another day. For now, me, I'm just celebrating Africanness in its purity and in its beauty. With all its follies and mishaps. You know, how messed up it is. Especially considering the barrier of the Queen, where we had our African leaders on a bus. And there's an uproar, right? There's more Bolokoso, just, man, how dare they put African leaders on a bus? Hmm? Who do they think they are? Yet, Joe Biden went with his beast. We saw a couple of Arab dignitaries, you know, who traveled in their individual vehicles. We saw a couple of other 
white dignitaries, presidents from other countries who took their own cars. Why are African presidents on the bus? <laughs> First of all, let me start by saying, props to Sevo for saying, nah. They sent him the invite for a burial and this dude was like, nah, we good. We are... I am not coming through. I have refused. If you're not allowing me to bring my toilet, I am not coming through. Because the presidential toilet has to go wherever Sevo goes. You people need to respect that toilet. That is the most important car in the convoy. That is the most valuable vehicle. It's the MVV of the presidential convoy. You all have no idea. And no, for those of you who speak Luganda, I didn't just say MVV. I said MVV. Don't, don't read it in vernacular. Here's the thing. Sevo's toilet is like the trademark of his convoy and i respect that car because it needs to have the best driver as what my nephew said that's the one car that needs to have the best driver because god forbid you overturn it it's a whole other series of events you can't afford to do that with the presidential toilet because the party color is already yellow we can't have the road painted the wrong way so i can understand if Sevo says no if i can't bring my toilet i'm not going along why because it goes everywhere that thing was in kenya that toilet has probably traveled more than I have. Yeah. It was in Kenya for the presidential inauguration of uh, Ruto. His Excellency Ruto. I'm sorry, Kenyans. It, it was in Kenya. I've seen it in Kigali. I've seen it in Rwanda. I've seen it pretty much almost everywhere several goes. That toilet is a big deal. And to be fair with you, I thought it was just a toilet, right? I was relieved to find out. It was more than just a toilet. It has a conference table. It has a dining section. It has a whole interior design. It's basically... What are those things called? It's a mobile home with armor plating and a, a big toilet. I was relieved to find out it was more than just a toilet, to, to be honest, because I was like, you can't have this much armor for just a septic tank and water and maybe soap and toilet paper. Like, you, you can't have that much armor plating around a vehicle. That's basically a mobile VIP pit latrine. But no, when the pictures came out, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I was actually joyful to know it was more than just that. Because why would you get a Mercedes to just be a latrine? It didn't make financial sense to me. Also, as a guy who has driven a Mercedes, not mine, belonged to my sibling. But... Hey, I drove it. The point is, you don't buy a Mercedes just to crap in it. So yes, I was relieved to know it was more than just a toilet. So when they said Sevo can't bring his toilet along, he was like, you know what? Mm -hmm. Even me, I don't want. I have other things to attend to. And I was like, yeah, props to Sevo. Props to Sevo for that. Because I am sure that's what Biden said. That's what the Biden administration, like his handlers and all those other guys, his PA, his representatives were all like, look, we're showing up in a ride. And he's the leader of the free world. How can you not let him show up in his own car? Biden can't be on a bus. I mean, old age home bus, he's probably going to need one. But, you know, he can't be on a bus. How dare you try to put Joe Biden on a bus? He's a rapper. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> not... Biden, not by, But you get the point I'm trying to make. He's a big guy. And they negotiated for what they thought they deserved. And he went in as such. Same thing with the Arab dignitaries. And a couple of other, you know, people from different cultures who are not black, who talked to the Queen's team and told her their terms and conditions. And they were allowed to go in with their cars. 
The Africans, on the other hand, I think were just excited to be going for the queen's funeral. Not because it's a funeral, not because we're happy she died. Because R.I.P., man, in Africa, we don't really celebrate death. We celebrate life. And for anyone saying gone too soon, you're lying. 96 years, eh? <laughs> That's more than most babies get nowadays with these new abortion laws. Some of them don't make it to six months. In the womb, African leaders were excited. They went, they jumped on the bus. Sevo being who he is, was like, if I can't take my toilet, I'm not coming through. But I can send you JJ Odong. He's the closest thing we have to a white man. And I was um, shocked to see JJ Odong on the bus. Because I'm like, isn't this dude like half cast or something? Him and Anita among, like, aren't they like very, very close to white should they be experiencing this thing that everybody considers to be racism by putting all black presidents on a bus? What the hell? How are they treating light-skinned black people like this? They're closer to white than anyone else. And then I remembered, oh, there was Meghan Marco. Okay, yeah, there's also that. Which is a very interesting story. I don't think Meghan Marco is treated the way she is by everyone because of her race. Look, if you're going to say the monarch is racist, I won't argue with you. I won't. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you on whether they are racist or not. I'm not going to confirm it or deny it. I'm just not going to argue with you. Because I've seen those things of, oh, the queen can't hire black people. Blah, 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 blah. What? But, guys, every monarchy has its shortcomings. Every monarchy is discriminatory in its own way. Every monarchy has its should I say boundaries, for lack of a better word? Where if the queen doesn't hire black people to be on the royal guard, yeah, it, it's a British empire. What do you want? It's like, you, you can't have... Who do you think is on the Buganda royal guard? Basoga. Exactly. So I don't understand where the bickering was coming from. Oh, the queen can't even hire black people. Look, this, this whole thing was being blown out of proportion. But this is what made me laugh. It's the fact that J.J. Odong was not white enough to not be on the bus. I was, I was actually blown away and I felt really bad. But there was a plot twist regarding the bus issue, which I'm going to talk about when I come back from the break. It's Hear Me Out with Daniel O'Mara. Keep it, Rx. Going up. This your boy Young Blue. What's up? What's happening? It's Lotto. Yo, this your boy Chris Brown. This is Sizzle. Here's to Keith at RX Radio. Yeah. We bring you what's fresh. Oh. You're listening to RX Radio. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. And welcome back. What's up with y'all? For those of you who have just joined us, it's Hear Me Out with Daniel O'Mara on RX Radio. And we are vibing to why we Africans just keep getting treated like crap. Of course, that is treated like crap by our own standards. <laughs> I don't think other people think they're treating us like crap. I think they're just giving us what we kind of look like we deserve. Because before I cut to the break, I was talking about the whole plot twist on the bus issue, right? We've seen all these photos on social media about how the African leaders were put on a bus to go for the Queen's funeral. Funeral service, you know, viewing of the body and all those parts I don't like about funerals because I'm really awkward in sad situations. But uh, yeah, guys were on the bus and they were saying it's a state-of-the-art bus. And I'm 
like a bus is a bus, guys. It, most likely it was even a coaster. A bus is a bus. Like, just picture your African leader, right? A guy who has uh, been running your country for a while. Chilling, you know, living his best life in the country. Big state house, you know, all those things. Wealth. Family living lavishly. Blasting, enjoying themselves. It's not to say they don't have their own investments. Of course, they have their own money. They have their background. They're ambitious. They've done their thing to get to where they are, right? And then they get put on Kameme. Okay, maybe not Kameme, but that seat that flips. You know that seat that flips for other people to pass? Like, I don't know which African leader was on that chair. Because <laughs> for me, that's the part that was bothering me. I'm like, yo, if I was running a country, even if it's third world, even fourth world, I'd, I would still be offended if they put me on the flipping chair on the bus. I'm like, yeah, state of the art, but mwe. Why does the chair have to flip? I don't know if state of the art buses have that chair or not, but I don't care. People were just mad about the fact that our African leaders were on a bus. The part they neglected to mention is that there were other leaders of other races on the same bus. I think there was the Japanese prime minister, if I'm not mistaken, the current one, because I think the former one was assassinated. R.I.P. Brav. Sorry, man. The assassination in Japan. That's... We were not ready. Mm-mm. No. We were not ready for the assassination in Japan. That's... Yo. That's like the Queen of England. The, the King of England coming to Uganda and going downtown for shopping. You don't see it coming. You're like, what? What is happening? The shock, right? Because Japan is like one of those countries where they are looking for crime to solve. Like, can we create some just so we have something to resolve? Nah, people are too peaceful. They are too polite. They are the nicest. Then you have an assassination of a high-profile person like the Prime Minister. Damn, the world wasn't ready. But the new Prime Minister was on the bus. Because humility. Nobody talked about that. There's a couple of other, you know, white dignitaries from different countries on the bus. Nobody talked about that. Nobody mentioned the fact that it wasn't just black people on the buses. But because we're so used to victimhood. <laughs> yeah. Want to make ourselves victims. And just complain, right? Because, oh my God, the system is treating us badly. Let me ask, what have we done to have the negotiating power to drive into Buckingham Palace with a car? Besides having been a colony, right? Especially for a major event like this one. Because... I, big as Buckingham Palace may be, I don't know, or whichever cathedral they were at, wherever it is, I don't know if they have the parking capacity for all of these cars of different dignitaries and their security. Because the average convoy in Africa has like, what, 15 cars minimum? Except for the late Magufuli. That man's a legend. But most of the convoys in Africa have like crazy numbers. Most of them are military. Most of the vehicles in the convoy are military. You want us to go and just set up a barracks in Buckingham? Like, nobody's going to allow you to do that. And I don't like how this was disingenuous in the sense that people were legit trying to make it look like only black people get treated this way. No, it was a kind of general thing. And the people who got to drive in with their cars were the people who had the negotiating power to do that the arabs because oil america because you know america so-called leaders of the free world I, 
don't know about Biden. But all of that, okay, it is what it is. We don't have the negotiating power as Africa if we keep going for conferences abroad to resolve issues in our own countries. When we have a dude next door like Kagame who just said we do not need European solutions for African problems. But are we hearing it? No. We're here playing victim. Talking about how our leaders are treated badly because we are black. No, our leaders are treated that way because, let's be honest, they are lacking in their department. We cannot be independent for this long and still say, it's someone else's fault that we are in this position. At this point, I think we should acknowledge that maybe it's us and the leadership we have chosen or the leadership we have and our mentality towards it. We, we can't always play victim. I have an issue with that. This whole victimhood mentality. And please, you, you're more than welcome to come at me and say maybe I am denying the issues of neocolonialism and how Africa is being exploited by former colonial masters, right? In the agreements we signed. But who signed those agreements and for what? Were they signed for the benefit of a nation or for the benefit of a few individuals? We got sold out by guys like Semeika, Kungulu. They were black. And maybe they did it for their tribe or their kingdom, but they didn't care about the other tribes. Ironically, we're all black. So when I hear people saying, oh, neocolonialism, yeah, it's there. But who's selling us out? It's our leaders. It's just the people who are making the decisions, who are selling us out. Just like this oil thing I keep hearing about, this whole oil scandal that I really don't want to talk about from an ignorant perspective. But the version I am getting, the view, the perspective I'm seeing, the little I understand about it so far is... On one side, we have a deal that is going to make a few people rich. And on the other side, we have people opposing that deal and saying, we need better policies and management of the resources, which needs to be agreed on before we take this deal. That's the vibe I'm getting so far. When I discuss the show in detail... Yeah, I'll go deeper into it. But for now, let me just stop there. I don't want to be one of those people who has an opinion on stuff they don't know. But here's what I'm trying to say. It's not the first time we're going to be hearing of a deal where we're being sold out by our own people and then crying and saying, uh, we get treated badly when we fly abroad. The monarch is racist. No, no, dude. Look, if you're dependent, you're going to be treated some type of way. It's just life can't be there relying on people for handouts and then expect to dictate the terms and conditions of a couple of things. That's the war we're having right now. After this many years independent, we still don't want to take accountability for the mistakes we've made. I'd like to think 50 years is a long time, man. 50-something years is a very, very long time to get our stuff together. But no, we don't. And then when we get what we rightfully deserve, we complain. That's why me, I'll give props to Sevo. I'm like, he was smart enough to know we were probably going to be put on buses. And he just said, nah, <laughs> let me send a representative who's more than happy to go and chill. So he did. And all the smart ones, all the smart leaders did that. All the ones who wanted to maintain their dignity. I had a line following that up, but I'm not going to say it. But that's the thing. That's the situation we're in. We have to do better in order to be treated better if that's what we think was going wrong, right? We have to do better to be treated better. Until we figure that out, until we realize that, until we realize that us empowering ourselves and each other 
back home is going to get us better results abroad, then we should just keep quiet and deal with what we're given. Yeah, hear me out. It's just facts. Daniel Omara, RX Radio. Be back after the music break. Hear me out, hear me out. Hear me out, hear me out. Your day just got better by tuning into RX Radio. This is Sean Parley, guys. I'm over all right here. What's up? This is David Gibbs. This is Christian Johnny from the band Coldplay. Yeah, man, the DM is flowing. It still amazes me how Twitter is the one DM that's always getting kicked by people, right? Because I think Twitter is the one app that has the most opinions. That's why it's called the bad app. People be chirping a lot. Whether good or bad, your opinions are welcome, by the way. And thank you for stating them. It's always a pleasure hearing from people because it means they are listening in. I don't know if some of them are getting what I'm saying, but I'm just glad you're listening in. And thank you for listening in. Yeah, welcome back to the show, man. So we're talking the buses, the Queen's Barrio and all these things and why Africa keeps getting treated badly, the inequalities and things like that. And it brought me to an interesting point. Um, has any of you seen the Little Mermaid trailer? The Disney live adaptation trailer for The Little Mermaid. The one with uh, Hailey Bailey. I know she has a sister called Chloe Bailey, but you know, they kind of look alike. It's confusing. So Disney is doing a Little Mermaid remake for 2023, right? And hey, I've been a Disney fan since I was a kid. I love cartoons. And shout outs to everyone out there who loves cartoons. We are together. Just, um, I hope you don't run the way the cartoons do because that would be the weirdest thing ever. But uh, yeah, they're doing a live action remake of The Little Mermaid. Which I think, you know, first of all, I'm not a fan of the remakes. The Disney remakes, I don't see them as necessary. I don't think there's any of them I've watched that gave me anything new that was different from the original animated version. If anything, a lot of them are worse. I hated Mulan. They destroyed an amazing character with, you know, social justice propaganda. I didn't like Lion King because cats don't emote. I think that's part of the allure and, you know, the intrigue with cats is the fact that you don't know what they're thinking, but they're slapping you or biting you. I don't like the remakes. Will Smith as Aladdin, it could pass, but I'll always be pro Robin Williams because he did, he did great. So I'm not a fan of the remakes, but Disney has to make money. Now, what's even worse about the remakes is the rest swapping. The whole... Oh, okay, we are going to take the little mermaid and make her black. Hailey Bailey is a gorgeous woman. She is beautiful. She sings, she dances. I think she's amazing. I think I would smash. I think she's gorgeous, super talented. Like, I'm, I'm not even going to argue about how she looks or what. Like, people are like, her eyes are a bit far apart. Who cares? All the better to see with. Me, my issue is the fact that we are now race swapping we are switching like and saying oh little mermaid was white in this generation we want her to be black i get why a lot of disney characters were white back in the day i get because 
most of the consumer market, especially for America, where Disney was, and maybe export to the UK and a couple of other countries, were white. So you had to appeal to the people of and about the race you are trying to sell to, right? Just like Mariam Indagire has done a lot of films and series for the Baganda because her focus is on the central region. I mean, you are, you are allowed to have a target market, which is it's natural. Now, nowadays we're having a problem in film whereby the marketing strategy for a movie is diversity. And I hate that stuff. I really don't like it. And diversity, it's just about piling races and genders and ideologies and political statements and stances as much of it into a movie as possible like yeah you have more gay people you know yeah yeah throw in more black women yeah you know yeah we throw in we need more transgenders you know yeah we need more people who are you know semi-bisexual by the way, I just came upon that the other day. I saw someone who identified as semi-bisexual. And I'm like, semi means half, bi means two. So that's one, if we are to do the maths properly. In other words, you're straight. What the hell? But all these people have to be included in stuff nowadays. And Disney has taken it upon itself to be more inclusive of black people. And I'm like... As far as looks go and talent, Ellie Bailey is perfect casting. But dare I say she's just the wrong skin color. Why? Because, <laughs> look, Little Mermaid was white. I'm not even going to focus on the origin of the story and it being, you know, European and stuff. The Danish, I think, or something like that. And how naturally the character, the story was based on a character from a certain culture, which is Danish or European, and therefore, of course, she was white and a redhead. I'm not even going to go there. I'm just thinking to myself, why can't we have our own mermaid? You know, the little mermaid was who she is. Ariel is white. Can we just have another one? Or are we now okay with accepting, you know, the alternate version of more successful characters? Because I don't see anyone fighting for characters that flopped. You get, I don't see anyone, you know, out, out here making noise for crappy movies that didn't succeed. No one is fighting for the characters that didn't work out. No one is fighting for the characters that people forgot. They want the successful ones. Now, Disney is out to make money. And I can't judge them. Capitalism. This is life. Allow people to thrive. You get. But why are we taking sloppy seconds? Because she's black now, you're supposed to go watch it. The message is not going to change. Because now I'm worried. Is her color the only thing that they've changed about the movie? Or the prince is now on some other stuff? The prince might be gay. I would I would not be surprised, which would be very awkward for Ariel because I don't know how they're going to resolve their marital issues. Melissa McCarthy is the villain, which I think very well cast. I, I, I think she's going to do an amazing job because, you know... <laughs> She does her thing. She's kind of funny. I think she would ace it. She would nail it properly. But I have a problem with the fact that we've been given characters that are not originally black. And instead of just creating new characters for ourselves, we want to claim Ariel. We want to claim James Bond. We want to claim all the successful white characters and turn them black. We want to have a black Superman. We want to have a black Batman. 
want to have a black iron man for what doesn't it bother you that we're only getting second hand products like the way we are treating the entertainment industry now as black people is the same way we get our clothes from a window clothes stolen off dead people abroad clothes just stolen off people clothes that were abandoned donations that's the stuff we're getting as secondhand clothing that's how i feel about this whole idea of recasting characters and race swapping them it doesn't sit right with me people may argue that well you know get over it ariel is a fictional character don't even go there because that means if we start race swapping fictional characters as well uh, picture a white black panther picture a white nelson mandela picture white steve biko imagine okot pabitek <laughs> played by a white man yeah well done let's just keep swapping because there's no way you're going to tell me you're against whitewashing which i'm going to talk about in the next bit you're against whitewashing but you're okay with blackwashing regardless of how you feel about your position in society that is a double standard now enjoy some music then i come back and explain to you exactly why I feel this way about these things. Hear me out with Daniel Omara. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Let's go. RX Radio. Yeah, man, and welcome back to the show. I'm Daniel Omara from Team Hear Me Out on the RX debate. Topic of discussion, washing of any kind is just wrong in movies. Race swapping, actually. Race swapping is just evil. Opposers, proposers, chairman, house at large, blah, blah. Welcome back. These are my points. So, before we left for the break, right? <laughs> I was talking about whitewashing and trying to explain exactly what it is. Um, whitewashing is when... You take a story, right? From any other culture, tradition, or race, or region, and just throw in your own people to play the roles. Um, it's pretty much like getting dark-colored clothes and soaking them in, you know, bleach. That's the best analogy I can give on short notice. It's early morning. I'm hungover. Bite me. So, we have situations. Movies like Gods of Egypt, for example. The more fairly recent Gerald Butler and that dude from Game of Thrones whose name I keep forgetting. There was like two Latinos, it was white white, like proper proper everyone in that movie was Caucasian. Yet ancient Egypt as we know it is not like white white. Now the gods may have been a different color. I don't know about those details. I have no idea. It may have been what it was, but uh if we're talking about Egypt which is in Africa which ancient Africa is like the cradle of civilization of which Africans are black I'd like to think that ancient Africans were like black and stuff because historically like northern Africa up to around Egypt were taken over fairly recently by fairly recently we mean like a couple thousand years ago not too many but that is the story it was you, you can't keep casting ancient Egyptians as white people, which is the same quarrel a lot of people had with that movie from the 1950s, The Ten Commandments. Great production, by the way. Great production. I'm not even going to 
act like these movies were bad. They were amazing. Not Gods of Egypt, not Gods of Egypt. That was trash. I'm talking about the Ten Commandments, the 1950s version. That was just beautiful. Amazing. But the entire cast, whitewashed. Ramses, the Jews and all those, all of them were just white people, right? But at the time, I could understand. If you have a consumer market made up of white people, the majority demographic of people with purchasing power are white people, I think it would only make sense to target them by doing movies for and about people that look like them. Even if the story wasn't about their people, you cast their people to sell. And this was the time when the world really did know each other. I mean, who was going to travel from America in the 1950s to look for you know, Jews elsewhere? You just give your money to the people you knew. Does it sound racist? Yeah, but that was back in the day. Those are the things we are trying to get over. More recent examples of like whitewashing, like I named Gods of Egypt and, you know, there's a bunch of examples. There was Johnny Depp in Lone Ranger, which is what, 13, 12 years ago, about? There's been a couple of them where they just cast a white person in a role that could have been taken up by someone of that race, you know, in general, right? Second phase of whitewashing, in my opinion, is things like um, blackface. Where they cast a white person, just paint their face black, give them the biggest lips possible, the biggest, reddest lips. Like the way uh, uh, Africans were drawn in the Asterix and Obelix comics. Yeah, that's the best example I can give of blackface. It was funny when I was a kid and I won't lie. Asterix and Obelix, still a funny comic. I just hate the way the Africans were drawn in it. So... I'm not saying Asterix and Obelix should be made black. No, keep them. They're French characters. But you all need to adapt a better image of how black people look. We actually fly, fly. We're beautiful. Yeah, stop hearing. Change that. That's the only change I would make. Like from back in the day. So we have the typical whitewashing, just cast your people. Then the blackface, where you cast your people to act other races, Asian, African, and all that. And then there's the one where they just hijack stories from other cultures and make the hero white. Like everyone else is a different color, right? And make the hero white. Tarzan, for example. But Tarzan was an animation. Let me give a more interesting one. Sheena. Sheena, queen of the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> if you're Ugandan and you're above 30, you have probably watched this movie as part of your after-school program or your post-exam program. What are those um, post-exam, after-school stuff was when you finished your end-of-term examinations and teachers were too busy marking to continue teaching. So you are basically coming to school for like two weeks just to have fun. Shoot each other with rubber bands and papers, ruin the uniform and clean the school because they couldn't afford the labor to do it. It was a government school. Student teachers, not student teachers, the teachers training college was where I would normally go. If you were in a government school, they would organize you guys, you pay like 200, 300 shillings. It may seem like very little money now, but 20 something years ago, 200, 300 shillings was like transport fare for about 10 kilometers. You could get from Kampala Center to Namugongo on 300 shillings 20 something years ago. That's how much it was worth. But that's how much we were paying to watch a movie in school. And it was Sheena, Queen of the Jungle. If it wasn't in school, then it was on UBC right next to Sound of Music for public holidays. You have watched this movie. It has the very same storyline as Tarzan. White people <laughs> come to Africa, get lost in a jungle under unfortunate circumstances, usually the loss of their parents. 
in either a plane crash or just an unfortunate incident where the parents get eaten by something, you know, aka nature in Africa. And then they go on to be adopted and raised by the animals in the jungle and they become badasses in Africa. Now that just sounds like Batman in Africa. <laughs> but overall, they were good movies. I enjoyed them. I enjoyed Tarzan. I enjoyed Sheena, Queen of the Jungle. But the point is, the protagonist was white. The hero of the movie was white. The love interest was white. Because it was jungle chick or jungle dude having to, you know, reconcile their color with a more bougie version of themselves who came like from the States or from Britain and just stumbled upon them. The love interest, the main characters were always white. Everyone else was black. Same thing with what was that Tom Cruise movie? The Last Samurai. Same energy, right? Of you have all this Japanese history, but you're like, mm, the most legendary samurai, according to us white people, was this dude. And I'm like, there were good movies to watch. A bit of rewriting of history, to be fair, but there were good movies to watch. That's what we're trying to step away from. We're trying to step away from the whole idea that you need to use your race to rewrite history. We're trying to step into this new notion that, you know, we are going to stop the whitewashing. It doesn't mean we should start the blackwashing. It doesn't mean we should now take it upon ourselves to say, oh, because we've been oppressed for so long, we're going to hijack Muzungu's stories. Hey, I don't think that's the way to go. Because I took the time to look up on this whole Little Mermaid saga. And I found some very interesting things. Did you know that there was a whole Disney spin-off which was a Little Mermaid series and had different mermaids of different colors and races and abilities? All this beautiful stuff was happening way back in the 90s. After they made the movie where Ariel was white, there was a whole bunch of other mermaids who were her friends. You want to know more about that? Yo, keep it RX. Hear me out. I'll be back after the music break. <laughs> you better know. RX Radio. Yeah, man, what's up? And welcome back to the show. It's Hear Me Out with Daniel Omari. If I sound like I'm swinging on the mic, it's probably because I am. But just me alone, not with other people's partners. Yeah, it's RX Radio. <laughs> it's good to have you guys on the show. Before I disappeared briefly, we're talking about, um, you know, Ariel and the Little Mermaid, the movie that did quite well, actually. I loved it as a kid. I really did love it as a kid. It had amazing moral lessons. You know, the whole idea of Ariel being ambitious and wanting to step out of the seas and be with the human beings. The whole idea that grass is always greener on the other side. And then her father, Poseidon, just being a hoe because he was sleeping around and she was like one of the kids and daughters he had. It's like how Zeus is just smashing all over the place in Greek mythology, man. All of these guys, man. All, all these gods are just wiring random humans. So Ariel, I wouldn't be surprised if Ariel had like 
you know, stray siblings or something and all that. But let me stick to the story. How Ariel made a deal with Queen Ursula to go pursue what she thought presumably would be a better life by trading her talents for legs. <laughs> Trying to serve a leg. I mean, look, when your lower half is fish, no guy is really interested because, I mean, the sushi already comes despite the fact that you have legs. But now just imagine your entire lower body was sushi. That gets complicated. Yeah, that was the story of the little mermaid. And at the end of the day, she had to realize she had more to offer. You know, and yes, because she had to go through a great portion of the movie without a voice because she wanted to get Prince Charming. Like, it was one of the craziest. Looking back on it, it was a crazy story for a kid to understand. But it was a beautiful story. And I loved the Little Mermaid animation. Just like I loved 90s Disney animations. That was like peak Disney. Beautiful in every way. 80s, 90s Disney was just the best of Disney, in my opinion. But like I said earlier, I don't like these remakes. And because of the success of their 90s productions, one of which being The Little Mermaid, they got, should I say spin-off? I don't know if it's right to call it a spin-off because it was The Little Mermaid TV series. I guess that's a word that popped up of recent. No, it's just the series version. It's like Timon and Pumbaa from The Lion King. That's a spin-off. Uh, Little Mermaid just being herself and doing her thing with friends. I think that's just the series version. But yeah, they got a series version of The Little Mermaid. And it, it, it was your typical Saturday morning cartoon. Morals on friendship, teamwork, morality, you know, using your skills, strengths building yourself, being a better person, being respectful, the basics of humanity. Like I said, your typical Saturday morning cartoon from the 90s where they taught morals as opposed to gender pronouns. But uh, there we were. We were there. And that's what we had. The whole Disney thing, right? Little Mermaid series. What struck me as I was looking through it, because I'm supposed to take one for the team, you know, just die in my own movie to keep you people happy. Um, there's this character called Gabriella. Now, there were mermaids of all kinds. Little Mermaid was the, you know, I think ginger or white. But, you know, white, red hair, uh, blue lower body. And every mermaid sort of had their color scheme going on. Because the lower body had to match the bra. So, I remember this one character called Gabriella. Not that I watched it back then. I actually took the time to check it out as an adult. And I won't lie to you. It's cheesy AF for an adult. But it's beautiful for children. No lie. No. And there are no lesbians in it. So, don't be expecting that. But there's a character called Gabriella. Who was a black mermaid. Or, if you're speaking in present continuous tense, is a black mermaid. And was deaf but had an octopus interpreter called Ollie. You remember how um, Ariel had the crab? I keep forgetting his name. I was going to say she had the crabs. She had the crab, the one that sang Under the Sea. And all of these characters had companions, right? Now, Gabriella had Ollie, an octopus that was her interpreter for sign language. First of all, let's first acknowledge how crazy it is that there's a mermaid who's deaf. Like, even mythical creatures have disabilities. Like, <laughs> this, this is 
this is levels man this is this is levels of depth of you you came up with a deaf mermaid like the character design on this thing is just legendary you came up with a black deaf mermaid can't hear underwater so you probably can't even rely on sonar to figure out where objects are because it gets really deep under the sea right for real real and then not only is she deaf she has an octopus translator that understands sign language now that is thug life level 5000 that is epic you have a deaf black mermaid with an octopus translator let me state the number of things going on here <laughs> first of all and let's start with the octopus because that octopus reminds me of what was he called steve oscar the octopus the one who had like world cup predictions and stuff who would pick the ball put it somewhere and then the match would happen and the team the octopus picked would win and then the one time a team lost they ate the damn octopus yeah that's the kind of vibe that comes to mind i'm like you, you really can't trust like humans or humanoid creatures around like their companions their pet companions but ollie Ollie was a gangster. The problem is octopuses don't have fingers. So if we were to sum up their eight tentacles, that basically just comes up to eight fingers. So that's one hand with five fingers and another hand with three fingers. But if this guy can accurately translate and interpret sign language with tentacles and no fingers, that's gangster, man. That's gangster. You first have to respect Ollie as the sidekick. I was going to say side dish. You have to respect Ollie as the sidekick. And then you come back to Gabriella, who's swimming underwater with no sonar and just getting translations on directions and from the octopus in front of her. Basically, this octopus was like GPS in 500 meters, turn left, but with sign language. Think about that. You know how epic that is as a storyline. Just take it into your skull and digest this idea imagine your gps had sign language like picture deaf people imagine we had that technology right like just hand signs for deaf people on gps i think we do i haven't tried yet i don't know how deaf people use gps maybe it's just arrows but just think hand signs of you you, you tell your car i don't want to turn here i want to turn on the next one and your car just translates for you like Def jam lingo of yo girl you be tripping turn now or we miss an opportunity and we'll be 15 minutes late that kind of vibe me i looked at it and i was excited i was really genuinely excited that disney had created this character but then at the same time very sad because you had a character that catered to a minority race again minority used you know reservedly a group with disabilities in africa that's what we call it and at the same time was interesting enough to have an octopus interpreter so you could actually learn sign language there's a race covered and catered for there's a disability being addressed and then there was an interesting interpreter and they missed an opportunity to pick that character and make a movie about gabriella and ollie as a spin-off of little mermaid but they want to rebrand the little mermaid to be black yo you guys need to understand why people are going crazy over this they're like there's so much that could have been done but they just want to redo what's already been done number one because it's easier and number two because it scores you points 
in regards to wokeness. It's the world we live in now. And that, in my opinion, is why I think a lot of people are mad about the Little Mermaid being a different race. Not because it's angry white men, but because there's so many amazing opportunities and lots of things that could have been done with original characters as opposed to race-swapping hand-me-downs to the black community and then trying to celebrate it as a beautiful thing. Disney, no. Our money. Hear me out. Daniel O'Mara. Radio. Hear me out, hear me out. Hear me out, hear me out. Hear me out, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out with Daniel O'Mara on RX Radio. Yeah, known for triggering people for some strange reason. Look, um, I actually don't show up here to piss people off. I, I just come to have conversations and then hope it ends well. That's pretty much how I roll. And today we're talking race swapping because I don't want to deal with the politics of my own country. And uh, The Little Mermaid has been quite controversial after its trailer. Uh, this is not just of recent. I mean, it's been a topic for like two years that keeps coming and going. And, you know, of recent, the, the trailer is the one that actually confirmed a lot of people's greatest fears. Now, a lot of people are saying it's the white men who are just insecure that, you know, we have a fictional character being turned black. It's not just the white man. It's not just the white man. It's everyone who believes in fairness and equality. Yes, maybe there are some racists on the other side. Mm-hmm. But we are opposing this thing, first of all, out of our dislike for remakes regarding Disney, especially because, let's be honest, if you look at the products of late, not the best. It's it's identity politics. It's just wokeness all around. It has very little to do with good stories or actual good storytelling or fun characters or even likable people. I swear, I tried to watch Star Wars. The Obi-Wan Kenobi... Um, hmm. I, I, I tried. I, it's, it's, it's just impossible. Obi-Wan looks stupid. Riva is just impossible to kill, yet she's the most annoying and the character you want to kill the most Darth Vader looked dumb like everyone just Disney the stuff being put out nowadays is just hard to like I mean look look at the Marvel series She-Hulk but not, what is that like there, there's so much going on that is unlikable so excuse the people who have doubts in the quality of the movie based on the trailer because you ask what makes this movie special oh Oh, uh, representation, representation. Yeah, everybody is going to feel represent diversity. Yeah, like I said earlier in the show, they are selling more diversity than actual quality content. So this is not coming from a place of racism or what. It's just why do you even bother remaking a movie if the only thing you're going to change about it is the race and not even for good, just because. It's not like you're changing the race to make the story better. It's You're just changing the race to appeal to a certain demographic and then make everyone else feel guilty for not liking the movie based on the race of the main character of the target demographic. Like, you guys, let's be real. That's crappy movie making. It's good marketing, I think. It's dumb, but 
it worked in the beginning but now it's been overplayed the whole it's, it's only um you know misogynist men who don't like the little mermaid being black no it's just the fact that we don't think there's anything more than the color of the protagonist and we haven't even talked about what you're going to do to the other characters or how you're going to change the story to suit the modern day narrative the thing is we doubt that it's a good movie therefore the race swapping is just part of the things that disney wants us to make noise about it's how they get people to talk about the film because apparently all publicity is good publicity personally i think that's that's a trash idea but mm, it has worked for people who are experts in pr and marketing of which i am not so yeah do you but the rest of us don't have to put up with it and nobody has to be judged for not liking or wanting it everyone's entitled to an opinion that doesn't make you anything it just means you're human you have an opinion now for those of you who are basing it on race and saying oh we don't want a black people <laughs> a black person prospering in film that's a whole other story that's a discussion we're going to have another day but i think most of the majority is just coming from a place of a hey, look if you don't want race swapping being done where we take black characters make them white or take black stories and hijack them and put white heroes or take white people and make them act and do blackface then i don't think you should be accepting of the same being done to white people because we're actually in an era where <laughs> the racism is being directed towards the white people oh wazungu you guys are not ready man man eh? it is serious but that's it from me here man i'm just saying love each other enjoy life be happy for those of you who like the trailer of the little mermaid remake it's beautiful there's nothing not to like about the trailer our concern is about the movie we get so this is not an attack on the people who are fans of disney products and all that yeah, yeah please have yours have yours have fun in fact that's my message for this weekend enjoy yourself have a blast let's keep the conversation going on social media rx radio UG on all platforms and then of course Omara Daniel the lol modo on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. TikTok. <laughs> no. Hear me out. 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 Your day just got better by tuning into RX Radio.